Matthew Henry's Commentary on the Whole Bible 1 Kings 6 Great and long preparation had been making for the building of the temple, and here, at length, comes an account of the building of it. A noble piece of work it was, one of the wonders of the world, and taking in its spiritual significancy, one of the glories of the church. Here is, 1. The time when it was built, verse 1, and how long it was in the building, verses 37 and 38. 2. The silence with which it was built, verse 7. 3. The dimensions of it, verses 2 and 3. 4. The message God sent to Solomon when it was in the building, verses 11 to 13. 5. The particulars, windows, verse 4, chambers, verses 5, 5, 6, and 8 to 10, the walls and flooring, verses 15 to 18, the oracle, verses 19 to 22, the cherubim, verses 23 to 30, the doors, verses 31 to 35, and the inner court, verse 36. Many learned men have well bestowed their pains in expounding the description here given of the temple according to the rules of architecture, and solving the difficulties which, upon search, they find in it but in that matter, having nothing new to offer, we will not be particular or curious. It was then well understood, and every man's eyes that saw this glorious structure furnished him with the best critical exposition of this chapter. The Building of the Temple, 1011 B.C. 1 And it came to pass in the 480th year after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month Ziph, which is the second month, that he began to build the house of the Lord. 2 And the house which King Solomon built for the Lord, the length thereof was threescore cubits, and the breadth thereof twenty cubits, and the height thereof thirty cubits. 3 And the porch before the temple of the house, twenty cubits was the length thereof, according to the breadth of the house, and ten cubits was the breadth thereof before the house. 4 And for the house he made windows of narrow lights. 5 And against the wall of the house he built chambers round about, against the walls of the house round about both of the temple, and of the oracle, and he made chambers round about, six the nethermost chamber was five cubits broad, and the middle was six cubits broad, and the third was seven cubits broad, for without in the wall of the house he made narrowed rests round about, that the beams should not be fastened in the walls of the house. Seven in the house, when it was in building, was built of stone made ready before it was brought thither, so that there was neither hammer nor axe nor any tool of iron heard in the house, while it, while it was in building. 8 The door for the middle chamber was in the right side of the house, and they went up with winding stairs into the middle chamber, and out of the middle into the third. 9 So he built the house, and finished it, and covered the house with beams and boards of cedar. 10 And then he built chambers against all the house, five cubits high, and they rested on the house with timber of cedar. Here, 1. The temple is called the house of the Lord, verse 1, because it was, 1 directed and modeled by him. Infinite wisdom was the architect, and gave David the plan or pattern by the Spirit, not by word of mouth only, but, for the greater certainty and exactness, in writing, 1 Chronicles 28 verses 11 and 12, as he had given to Moses in the mouth a draft of the tabernacle. 2. Dedicated and devoted to him, and to his honor, to be employed in his service, so is as never any other house was, for he manifested his glory in it so as never in any other, in a way agreeable to that dispensation, for, when there were carnal ordinances, there was a worldly sanctuary, Hebrews 9 verses 1 and 10. This gave it its beauty of holiness, 
that it was the house of the Lord, which far transcended all its other beauties. 2. The time when it began to be built is exactly set down. 1. It was just 480 years after the bringing of the children of Israel out of Egypt. Allowing 40 years to Moses, 17 to Joshua, 299 to the Judges, 40 to Eli, 40 to Samuel and Saul, 40 to David, and 4 to Solomon before he began the work, we have just the sum of 480. So long it was after that holy state was founded before that holy house was built, which, in less than 430 years, was burnt by Nebuchadnezzar. It was thus deferred because Israel had, by their sins, rendered themselves unworthy of this honor, and because God would show how little he values external pomp and splendor in his service, he was in no haste for a temple. David's tent, which was clean and convenient, though it was neither stately nor rich nor, for aught that appears, ever consecrated, is called the house of the Lord, 2 Samuel 12 verse 20, and served as well as Solomon's temple, yet, when God gave Solomon great wealth, he put it into his heart thus to employ it, and graciously accepted him, chiefly because it was to be a shadow of good things to come, Hebrews 9 verse 9. 2. It was in the fourth year of Solomon's reign, the first three years being taken up in settling the affairs of his kingdom, that he might not find any embarrassment from them in this work. It is not time lost which is spent in composing ourselves for the work of God, and disentangling ourselves from everything which might distract or divert us. During this time he was adding to the preparations which his father had made, 1 Chronicles 22 verse 14, hewing the stone, squaring the timber, and getting everything ready, so that he is not to be blamed for slackness in deferring it so long. We are truly serving God when we are preparing for his service and furnishing ourselves for it. 3. The materials are brought in, ready for their place, verse 7, so ready that there was neither hammer nor axe heard in the house while it was in building. In all buildings Solomon prescribes it as a rule of prudence to prepare the work in the field, and afterwards build, Proverbs 24 verse 27. But here, it seems, the preparation was more than ordinarily full and exact, to such a degree that, when the several parts came to be put together, there was nothing defective to be added, nothing amiss to be amended. It was to be the temple of God of peace, and therefore no iron tool must be heard in it. Quietness and silence both become and befriend religious exercises, God's work should be done with as much care and as little noise as may be. The temple was thrown down with axes and hammers, and those that threw it down roared in the midst of the congregation, Psalm 74 verses 4 and 6, but it was built up in silence. Clamor and violence often hinder the work of God, but never further it. For the dimensions are laid down, verses 2 and 3, according to the rules of proportion. Some observe that the length and breadth were just double to that of the tabernacle. Now that Israel had grown more numerous the place of their meeting needed to be enlarged, Isaiah 54 verses 1 and 2, and now that they had grown richer they were the better, the better able to enlarge it. Where God sows plentifully he expects to reap so. 5. An account of the windows, verse 4 they were broad within, and narrow without, marg. Such should the eyes of our mind be, reflecting nearer on ourselves than on other people, looking much within, to judge ourselves, but little without, to censure our brethren. The narrowness of the lights intimated the darkness of that dispensation, in comparison with the gospel day. 6. The chambers are described, verses 5 and 6, which served as vestries, in which the utensils of the tabernacle were carefully laid up, 
and where the priests dressed and undressed themselves and left the clothes in which they ministered, probably in some of these chambers they feasted upon the holy things. Solomon was not so intent upon the magnificence of the house as to neglect the conveniences that were requisite for the offices thereof, that everything might be done decently and in order. Care was taken that the beams should not be fastened in the walls to weaken them, verse 6. Let not the church's strength be impaired under pretense of adding to its beauty or convenience. 11 And the word of the Lord came to Solomon, saying, 12 Concerning this house which thou art in building, if thou wilt walk in my statutes, and execute my judgments, and keep all my commandments to walk in them, then will I perform my word with thee, which I spake unto David thy father, 13 And I will dwell among the children of Israel, and will not forsake my people Israel. 14 So Solomon built the house, and finished it. Here is, 1. The word God sent to Solomon, when he was engaged in building the temple. God let him know that he took notice of what he was doing, the house he was now building, verse 12. None employ themselves for God without having his eye upon them. I know thy works, thy good works. He assured him that if he would proceed and persevere in obedience to the divine law, and keep in the way of duty, and the true worship of God, the divine loving-kindness should be drawn out both to himself, I will perform my word with thee, and to his kingdom, Israel shall be ever owned as my people, I will dwell among them, and not forsake them. This word God sent him probably by a prophet, one. That by the promise he might be encouraged and comforted in his work. Perhaps sometimes the great care, expense, and fatigue of it, made him ready to wish he had never begun it, but this would help him through the difficulties of it, that the promised establishment of his family and kingdom would abundantly recompense all his pains. An eye to the promise will carry us cheerfully through our work, and those who wish well to the public will think nothing too much that they can do to secure and perpetuate to it the tokens of God's presence. 2. That, by the condition annexed, he might be awakened to consider that though he built the temple ever so strong the glory of it would soon depart, unless he and his people continued to walk in God's statutes. God plainly let him know that all this charge which he and his people were at, in erecting this temple, would neither excuse them from obedience to the law of God nor shelter them from his judgments in case of disobedience. Keeping God's commandments is better and more pleasing to him than building churches. 2. The work Solomon did for God, so he built the house, verse 14, so animated by the message God had sent him, so admonished not to expect that God should own his building unless he were obedient to his laws, Lord, I proceed upon these terms, being firmly resolved to walk, walk in thy statutes. The strictness of God's government will never drive a good man from his service but quicken him in it. Solomon built and finished, he went on with the work, and God went along with him till it was completed. It is spoken both to God's praise and his, he grew not weary of the work, met not with any obstructions, as Ezra 4 verse 24, did not outbuild his property, nor do it by halves, but, having begun to build, was both able and willing to finish, for he was a wise builder. 15 And he built the walls of the house within with boards of cedar, both the floor of the house, and the walls of the ceiling, and he covered them on the inside with wood, and covered the floor of the house with planks of fir. 16 And he built twenty cubits on the sides of the house, both the floor and the walls with boards of cedar, he even built them for it within, even for the oracle, even for the most holy place. 17 And the house, that is, the temple before it, was forty cubits long. 18 And the cedar of the house within was carved with knops and open flowers, all was cedar, there was no stone seen.
19 And the oracle he prepared in the house within, to set there the ark of the covenant of the Lord. 20 And the oracle in the forepart was twenty cubits in length, and twenty cubits in breadth, and twenty cubits in the height thereof, and he overlaid it with pure gold, and so covered the altar which was of cedar. 21 So Solomon overlaid the house within with pure gold, and he made a partition by the chains of gold before the oracle, and he overlaid it with gold. 22 And the whole house he overlaid with gold, until he had finished all the house, also the whole altar that was by the oracle he overlaid with gold. 23 And within the oracle he made two cherubims of olive tree, each ten cubits high. 24 And five cubits was the one wing of the cherub, and five cubits the other wing of the cherub, from the uttermost part of the one wing unto the uttermost part of the other were ten cubits. 25 And the other cherub was ten cubits, both the cherubims were of one measure and one size. 26 The height of the one cherub was ten cubits, and so was it of the other cherub. 27 And he set the cherubims within the inner house, and they stretched forth the wings of the cherubims, so that the wing of the one touched the one wall, and the wing of the other cherub touched the other wall, and their wings touched one another in the midst of the house. 28 And he overlaid the cherubims with gold. 29 And he carved all the walls of the house round about with carved figures of cherubims and palm trees and open flowers, within and without. 30 And the floor of the house he overlaid with gold, within and without. 31 And for the entering of the oracle he made doors of olive tree, the lintel and side posts were a fifth part of the wall. 32 The two doors also were of olive tree, and he carved upon them carvings of cherubims and palm trees and open flowers, and overlaid them with gold, and spread gold upon the cherubims, and upon the palm trees. 33 So also made he for the door of the temple posts of olive tree, a fourth part of the wall. 34 And the two doors were of fir tree, the two leaves of the one door were folding, and the two leaves of the other door were folding. 35 And he carved thereon cherubims and palm trees and open flowers, and covered them with gold fitted upon the carved work. 36 And he built the inner court with three rows of hewed stone, and a row of cedar beams. 37 In the fourth year was the foundation of the house of the Lord laid, in the month Ziph. 38 And in the eleventh year, in the month Bull, which is the eighth month, was the house finished throughout all the parts thereof, and according to all the fashion of it. So was he seven years in building it. Here, 1. We have a particular account of the details of the building. 1. The wainscot of the temple. It was of cedar, verse 15, which was strong and durable, and of a very sweet smell. The wainscot was curiously carved with knops, like eggs or apples, and flowers, no doubt as the fashion then was, verse 18. 2. The gilding. It was not like ours, washed over, but the whole house, all the inside of the temple, verse 22, even the floor, verse 30, he overlaid with gold, and the most holy place with pure gold, verse 21. Solomon would spare no expense necessary to make it every way sumptuous. Gold was underfoot there, as it should be in all the living temples, the abundance of it lessened its worth. 3. The oracle or speaking place, for so the word signifies, the holy of holies, so called because thence God spoke to Moses, and perhaps to the high priest, when he consulted with the breastplate of judgment. In this place the Ark of the Covenant was to be set, verse 19. Solomon made everything new, and more magnificent than it had been, except the Ark, 
which was still the same that Moses made, with its mercy seat in cherubim, that was the token of God's presence, which is always the same with his people whether they need intent or temple, and changes not with their condition. For the cherubim. Besides those at the ends of the mercy seat, which covered the ark, one. Solomon set up two more, very large ones, images of young men, as some think, with wings made of olive wood, and all overlaid with gold, verse 23, etc. This most holy place was much larger than that in the tabernacle, and therefore the ark would have seemed lost in it, and the dead wall would have been unsightly, if it had not been thus adorned. 2. He carved cherubim upon all the walls of the house, verse 29. The heathens set up images of their gods and worshipped them, but these were designed to represent the servants and attendants of the God of Israel, the holy angels, not to be themselves worshipped, see thou do it not, but to show how great he is whom we are to worship. 5. The doors. The folding doors that led into the oracle were but a fifth part of the wall, verse 31, those into the temple were a fourth part, verse 33, but both were beautified with cherubim and raven on them, verses 32 and 35. 6. The inner court, in which the brazen altar was at which the priests ministered. This was separated from the court where the people were by a low wall, three rows of hewn stone tipped with a cornice of cedar, verse 36, that over it the people might see what was done and hear what the priests said to them, for, even under the dispens dispensation, they were not kept holy either in the dark or at a distance. 7. The time spent in this building. It was but seven years and a half from the founding to the finishing of it, verse 38. Considering the vastness and elegance of the building, and the many appurtenances to it which were necessary to fit it for use, it was soon done. Solomon was in earnest in it, had money enough, had nothing to divert him from it, and many hands made quick work. He finished it, as the margin reads it, with all the appurtenances thereof, and with all the ordinances thereof, not only built the place, but set forward the work for which it was built. 2. Let us now see what was typified by this temple. 1. Christ is the true temple, he himself spoke of the temple of his body, John 2 verse 21. God himself prepared him his body, Hebrews 10 verse 5. In him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead, as the Shechina in the temple. In him meet all God's spiritual Israel. Through him we have access with confidence to God. All the angels of God, those blessed cherubim, have a charge to worship him. 2. Every believer is a living temple, in whom the Spirit of God dwells, 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16. Even the body is such by virtue of its union with the soul, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19. We are not only wonderfully made by the divine providence, but more wonderfully made anew by the divine grace. This living temple is built upon Christ as its foundation, and will be perfected in due time. 3. The Gospel Church is the mystical temple, it grows to a holy temple in the Lord, Ephesians 2 verse 21, enriched and beautified with the gifts and graces of the Spirit, as Solomon's temple with gold and precious stones. Only Jews built the tabernacle, but Gentiles joined with them in building the temple. Even strangers and foreigners are built up a habitation of God, Ephesians 2 verses 19 and 22. The temple was divided into the holy place and the most holy, the courts of it into the outer and inner, so there are the visible and the invisible church. The door into the temple was wider than that into the oracle. Many enter into profession that come short of salvation. 
This temple is built firm, upon a rock, not to be taken down as the tabernacle of the Old Testament was. The temple was long in preparing, but was built at last. The top stone of the gospel church will, at length, be brought forth with shoutings, and it is a pity that there should be the clashing of axes and hammers in the building of it. Angels are ministering spirits, attending the church on all sides and all the members of it. 4. Heaven is the everlasting temple. There the church will be fixed, and no longer movable. The streets of the New Jerusalem, in allusion to the flooring of the temple, are said to be of pure gold, Revelation 21 verse 21. The cherubim there always attend the throne of glory. The tem temple was uniform, and in heaven there is the perfection of beauty and harmony. In Solomon's temple there was no noise of axes and hammers. Everything is quiet and serene in heaven, all that shall be stones in that building must in the present state of probation and preparation be fitted and made ready for it, must be hewn and squared by divine grace, and so made meet for a place there.